This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. I have for you today the first vision of Blessed Mary of Agreda, our first interaction with our Lord and with Our Lady, where we learn of our Lord's desire that all people will honor, will honor his mother. And in so doing, she will be a great portal for graces for us overcoming the sins in our life. Blessed Mary of Agreda had a great many visions, and this is but the first, and some of them are apocalyptic in nature, and we will get to those in due time. But for now, let us learn from one of the, one of the modern mystics of the Church of the great graces that come through intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary in this month of Mary. On Christ and Our Lady as being the highest of all beings, as well as the creation of the angels, a vision of Blessed Mary of Agreda. I confess to thee and magnify thee, King Most High, that in thy exalted majesty thou hast hidden these high mysteries from the wise and from the teachers, and in thy condescension hast revealed them to me, that most insignificant and useless servant of thy church, in order that thou mayest be the most admitted as the omnipotent author of this history, in proportion as its instrument is despicable and weak. After I had overcome the above-mentioned reluctance and disorderly fears which caused so much timid hesitation, lest I suffer shipwreck in the sea of marvels, the most exalted Lord caused me to feel a virtue from on high, strong, sweet, efficacious, and gentle, an enlightenment which illumined the intellect, subjected the rebellious will, tranquilizing, directing, governing, and attracting the whole range of interior and exterior senses." thus subjecting my entire being to the will and pleasure of the Most High, and directing it in all things towards his honor and glory alone. Being thus prepared, I heard a voice from the Almighty, which called me and raised me up toward him, exalting my dwelling place on high, and strengthened me against the lions that hungrily roared about me in order to snatch my soul from the enjoyment of great blessings in the boundless mysteries of this holy tabernacle and city of God. Surrounded by the sorrows of death and perdition, and beset by the flames of the city destroyed in the Old Testament, that you can't mention here without getting in trouble, and Babylon, in which we live, it liberated me from the portals of sorrow, into which I would, was enticed to enter. My enemies, forming visions of fallacious and deceitful delights for the misleading of my senses, and the capture of them by pretended pleasures, set their allurements about me, in order that I might blindly turn toward the, these flames and be consumed by them. But from all these snares laid it for my footstep, the Most High has delivered me, elevating my spirit and teaching me by the most efficacious admonitions the way of perfection. He invited me to a life spiritualized and angelic, and obliged me to live so cautiously, that in the midst of the furnace the fire touched me not. He often liberated me from the impure tongue when it sought to communicate to me its earthly fables. His majesty invited me to rise from the dust and littleness of the law of sin, to resist the defections of sin-infected nature and restrain its disorders, combating them by his enlightening inspirations and raising myself above myself. He called me repeatedly, sometimes by the power of his omnipotence, sometimes with the correction of a father, and at others with the love of a spouse, saying, Arise, my dove, creation of my hands, make haste and come to me, who am the way and the light. He that follows me will not walk in darkness. Come to me, who am the secure truth and unchangeable holiness, to me, who am the powerful and the wise and the teacher of those that follow wisdom. 
These words were like the arrows of sweet love, which filled me with admiration, reverence, knowledge, and dread of my sins and of my vileness, so that I retired from his presence, shrunken and annihilated in the knowledge of my nothingness. And the Lord spoke to me, Come, O soul, come to me, who am thy omnipotent God, and although thou hast been a prodigal child and a sinner, arise from the earth and come to me, thy father. Receive the stole of my friendship and the ring of a spouse. Still remaining in that secure retreat of which I have spoken, I saw on a certain day six angels, whom the Almighty had appointed to assist and guide me in the undertaking and in other dangers. Coming toward me, they purified and prepared my soul, and then presented me before the Lord. His majesty gave to my interior being a new light, and, as it were, a participation in glory, by which I was made capable and desirous of seeing and understanding the things which are above the powers of a mere terrestrial creature. Soon after, two other angels of a still higher order appeared to me, and I felt within me the power of the Lord by which they called me. I understood that they were most mysterious envoys and that they wished to reveal to me high and hidden sacraments. Eagerly I responded, and desirous of enjoying the blessing which they pointed out to me, I declared to them how ardently I longed to see what they wished to show me, and yet so mysteriously concealed from me. Then they at once answered with a great serenity, Restrain thyself, O soul. I turned to the great princes of heaven and said, Princes of the Almighty and messengers of the great King, why do you now detain me contrary to my will, and why do you defer my joy and my delight after you have called me? What force is this of yours, and what power which calls me, fills me with fervor, which allures and yet detains me, which attracts me to follow after the odor of my beloved Lord and of his ointments, and yet restrains me with strong bonds? Tell me the cause of all this. They answered, Because in order to be instructed in all these mysteries, thou must needs, O soul, come with bare feet and despoiled of all thy desires and passions. For these mysteries do not accommodate or lend themselves to disordered inclinations. Take off thy shoes like Moses, for such was the command given to him, for he could see the wonderful bush. Princes of heaven and my lords, I answered, much was asked of Moses, when he received the command to perform the works of an angel, while yet living in mortal flesh. But he was a saint, and I am but a sinner full of miseries. My heart is disturbed, and I am in conflict with the servitude and the oppression of sin, which I feel in my members, and which are opposed to the law of the Spirit, to which they were joined. Soul, it would indeed be for thee a most difficult enterprise if thou hadst to execute it merely with thy own power. But the Most High who wishes to see in thee this disposition is powerful, and he will not deny it to thee his help. If from thy heart thou ask his assistance, and thou prepare thyself to receive it. And his power, which caused the bush to burn at the same time prevented it from being consumed, can prevent also the fire of the passions which encompass and beset the soul from consuming it, if it truly desires to be saved. His majesty asks for that which he desires and can execute what he asks. Strengthened by him, thou canst do that which commands. Take off thy shoes and weep in bitter sorrow. Call out to him from the bottom of thy heart, in order that thy prayers may be heard and thy desires fulfilled. Presently I saw a most precious veil covering a treasure, and my heart burned with desire to see it raised, and to look upon the sacred mystery which I understood was hidden beneath. My desire was answered in the following manner. Obey, O soul, in what was enjoined and commanded thee, to spoil thyself of thee, and then this mystery will be revealed to thee. I resolved to amend my life and to overcome my appetite. I sighed and wept with many aspirations from my inmost soul for the manifestation of this blessing. While I made my good resolves, the veil which covered the treasure began to be lifted. 
Presently the veil fell entirely, and my interior eyes saw what I shall not know how to describe in words. I saw a great and mysterious sign in heaven. I saw a woman, a most beautiful lady, and queen, crowned with stars, clothed with the sun, and the moon was at her feet. The holy angel spoke to me. This is that blessed woman whom St. John saw in the Apocalypse, and in whom are enclosed, deposited, and revealed up the most the wonderful mysteries of the redemption. So much has the, the Most High and Powerful God favored this creature, that we, his angelic spirits, are full of astonishment. Contemplate and admire her prerogatives. Record them in writing, because that is the purpose for which, according to the measure suitable to thy cir circumstances, they will be made manifest to thee. I was made to see such wonders that the greatest of them took away my speech, and my admiration of them suspended my other faculties, nor do I think that all the created things in the mortal life will ever comprehend them, as will appear in the sequel of my discourse. On another day, while my soul sweetly tarried in the aforesaid habitation, I heard a voice from the Most High saying, my spouse, I desire that thou rouse thyself in earnest to seek me, and to love me with fervor, that thou make thy life more angelic than human, and that thou forget entirely the terrestrial affairs. I wish to raise thee as one that is poor from the dust, and as one full of need from the dunghill, so that while I exalt thee, thou mayst humiliate thyself, and the nard of thy sweet odor may remain in my presence. Knowing thy own misery, be thou convinced from the bottom of thy heart, that thou meritest for thyself only tribulation and humiliation. Consider my greatness and thy littleness. Remember that I am just and holy. I deal with thee considerately, making use rather of my mercy and not chastising thee as thou deservest. Strive to build upon this foundation of humility all the other virtues in order to fulfill my wishes. I appoint my virgin mother to teach, correct, and reprehend thee. She will spur thee onward and accompany thy footsteps according to thy liking and pleasure. While the Most High spoke to me, the Queen stood nearby, and the Heavenly Princess disdained not to accept the office which His Majesty assigned to her. She accepted it benignly and said to me, My daughter, I desire that thou be my disciple and my companion, and I will be thy teacher. But remember, that thou must obey me courageously, and from this day on no vestige of a daughter of Adam must be found in thee. My conduct and my works during my pilgrimage on earth, and the wonders which the arm of the Almighty wrought through me, shall be the mirror and model of thy life. I prostrated myself before the throne of the king and queen of the universe, and I offered to obey her in all things. I gave thanks to the highest for the favor, which he, so much in excess of my merits, conferred upon me in order to give me such a guide and protectress. Into her hands I renewed the vows of my profession. I offered myself to her and proposed to work anew at the amendment of my life. Again the Lord spoke to me. Behold and see. Turning, I saw a most beautiful lady with many rungs. Around it were many angels, and a great number of them were sending and descending upon it. His majesty said to me, This is the mysterious ladder of Jacob, the house of God and the portal of heaven. And if thou wilt earnestly strive to live irreprehensible in my eyes, thou wilt ascend upon it to me. This promise incited my desires, set my will aflame, and enraptured my spirit. With many tears I grieved that I should be a burden to myself in my sinfulness. I sighed for the end of my captivity and longed to arrive where there would be no obstacle to my love. In this anxiety, I passed some days, trying to reform my life. I again made a general confession and corrected some of my imperfections. The vision of the latter continued without intermission, but it was not explained to me. 
I made many promises to the Lord and proposed to free myself from all terrestrial things and to reserve the powers of my will entirely for his love, without allowing it to incline toward any creature, be it ever so small or unsuspicious. I repudiated all visible and sensible things. Having passed some days in these affections and sentiments, I was informed by the Most High that the latter signified the life of the Most Holy Virgin, its virtues and sacraments. His Majesty said to me, I desire, my spouse, that thou ascend this stair of Jacob and enter through this door of heaven to acquire the knowledge of my attributes and occupy thyself in the contemplation of my divinity. Arise then and walk, ascend, be it to me. These angels which surround it and accompany it are those I appointed as the guardians of Mary, as the defenders and sentinels of the citadel of Sion. Consider her attentively and meditating on her virtues, seek to imitate them. And it seemed to me then that I ascended the ladder and that I recognized the great wonders and ineffable prodigies of the Lord in a mere creature, in the greatest sanctity and perfection of virtue ever worked by the arm of the Almighty. At the top of the ladder I saw the Lord of hosts and the Queen of all creation. They commanded me to glorify, exalt, and praise him on account of these great mysteries and to write down so much of them as I might bring myself to understand. They exalted and the high Lord gave me a law written not only on tablets, as he gave to Moses, but one wrought by his omnipotent finger in order that it might be studied and observed. He moved my will so that in her presence I promised to overcome my repugnance and with her assistance to set about writing her history, paying attention to three things. First, to remember that the creature must ever seek to acknowledge the profound reverence due to God and to abase itself in proportion to the condescension of his majesty toward men and that the effect of greater favors and benefits must be a greater fear, reverence, attention, and humility. Secondly, to be ever mindful of the obligation of all men who are so forgetful of their own salvation to consider and learn what they owe to the queen and mother of piety on account of the part assumed by her in the redemption. To think of the love and reverence which she showed to God and the honor in which we are to hold this great lady. Thirdly, to be willing to have my spiritual director, and if necessary the whole world, find out my littleness and vileness, and the small returns which I make for what I receive. To these my protestations the Most Holy Virgin answered, My daughter, the world stands much in need of this doctrine, for it does not know, nor does it practice, the reverence due to the Lord Omnipotent. On account of this ignorance, his justice is provoked to afflict and humiliate men. They are sunken in their carelessness and filled with darkness, not knowing how to seek relief or attain to the light. This, however, is justly their lot, since they fail in the reverence and fear which they ought to have. Besides this, the Most High and the Queen gave me many other instructions in order to make clear to me their will in regard to this work. It seemed to me temerity and want of charity toward myself to reject the instruction which she had promised me for narrating the course of her most holy life. It seemed equally improper to put off the writing of it, since the Most High had intimated this as the fitting and opportune time, saying to me in this regard, My daughter, when I sent my only begotten, the world, with the exception of the few souls that served me, was in worse condition than it ever had been since its beginning. For human nature is so imperfect that it does not subject itself to the interior guidance of my light and the fulfillment of the precepts of my ministers by sacrificing its own judgment and following me, who am the way, the truth, and the life. And by carefully observing my commandments in order to not lose my friendship, it will presently fall into the abyss of darkness and innumerable miseries until it arrives at obstinacy and sin. From the creation and sin of the first man until I gave the law to Moses, men governed themselves according to their own inclinations and fell into many errors and sins. After having received the law, they again committed sin by not obeying it. 
and thus they lived on, separating themselves more and more from truth and light, arriving at the state of complete forgetfulness. In fatherly love I sent them eternal salvation and a remedy for the incurable infirmities of human nature, thus justifying my cause. And just as I then chose the opportune time for the greater manifestation of my mercy, so I now select this time for showing toward them another very great favor. For now the hour has come and the opportune time to let men know the just cause of my anger, and they are now greatly charged and convinced of their guilt. Now I will make manifest my indignation and exercise my justice and equity. I will show how well justified is my cause. In order that this may come to pass more speedily, because it is now time that my mercy show itself more openly and better, and because my love must not be idle, I will offer to them an opportune remedy, if they will but make use of it for returning again to my favor. Now at this hour when the world has arrived at so unfortunate a pass, and when through the word has become incarnate, mortals are more careless of their wheel and seek it less. When the day of their transitory life passes swiftly at the setting of the sun of time, when the night of eternity is approaching closer and closer for the wicked, and the day without a night is being born for the just, when the majority of mortals are sinking deeper and deeper into the darkness of their ignorance and guilt, oppressing the just and mocking the children of God, when my holy and divine law is despised at the management of the iniquitous affairs of state, which are as hostile as they are contrary to my providence, when, when the wicked least deserve my mercy, in these predestined times I wish to open a portal for the just ones through which they can find access to my mercy. I wish to give them a light by which they can dispel the gloom that envelops the eyes of their minds. I wish to furnish them a, ha a suitable remedy for restoring them to my grace. Happy they who find it, and blessed they who shall appreciate its value. Rich they who shall come upon this treasure, and blessed and very wise those who shall search into and shall understand its marvels and hidden mysteries. I desire to make known to mortals how much intercession of her is worth, who brought restoration of life by giving mortal existence to the immortal God. As recompense, I desire that they look upon the wonders wrought by my mighty arm in that pure creature as upon a mirror by which they can estimate their own ingratitude. I wish to make known to them much of that which, according to my, mo my high judgment, is still hidden concerning the mother of the word. I have not revealed these mysteries in the primitive church because they are so great that the faithful would have been lost in the contemplation and admiration of them at a time when it was more necessary to establish firmly the law of grace and of the gospel. Although all mysteries of religion are in perfect harmony with each other, yet human ignorance might su suffer recoil and doubt at their magnitude, when faith in the incarnation and redemption and the precepts of the new law of the gospel were yet in their beginnings. On this same account, the person of the incarnate word said to his disciples at the Last Supper, Many things have I said to you, but you are not yet disposed to receive them. These words he addressed to all the world, for it was not yet capable of giving full obedience to the law of grace and full assent to the faithful in Sion. Much less was it prepared to be introduced into the mysteries of his mother. But now mankind has greater need for this manifestation, and this necessity urges me to disregard their evil disposition. And if men would now seek to please me by reverencing, believing and studying the wonders which are intimately connected with this mother of piety, and if they would all begin to solicit her intercession from their whole heart, the world would find some relief. I will no longer withhold from men this mystical city of refuge. Describe and to delineate to them as far as thy shortcomings allow. I do not intend that thy descriptions and declarations of the life of the Blessed Virgin shall be mere opinions or contemplations, but reliable truth. They that have ears to hear, let them hear. Let those who thirst come to the living waters and leave the dried-out cisterns. Let those that are seeking for the light follow it to the end. Thus speaks the Lord God Almighty. These are the words of the Most High on the occasion before mentioned. 
obedient to the authority which commands me, I will in the following chapter describe the manner in which I receive my information and enlightenment, and how I see the Lord. Thus complying with his orders, I will explain once and for all the illuminations and the favors which are vouchsafed to me for this work, and to which I will refer in the sequel of this history. But that will have to wait for another time. That was the description of Blessed Mary of Agreda's first interaction with our Blessed Lord and with his mother. A fitting, I think, way of observing this Mother's Day. Speaking of Mother's Day, please call your mom. If you can, spend some time with your families and have a good day today. The times we live in, of course, always make us wonder if there will be another one. So please take the most, make the most of this day. And yes, there probably will be another one, but still, you never know. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.